Welcome to Coffee with Graham. I'm your host, Melissa Simmons. This is a new podcast where we'll discuss different topics in healthcare with ACCME President and CEO, Dr. Graham McMahon. In each episode, we'll get a professional perspective on the latest issues in healthcare and find out how CME is shaping the future for clinicians and educators. Hi, Graham. Hi, Melissa. Today, we're talking about the changing world of CME. They're one of my favorite topics. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> sure. In a world with everything at your fingertips, I can Google any kind of information I want. What's the role of CME in a world surrounded by information? Oh, well, you're certainly right that we are surrounded by information, and that is absolutely true of healthcare workers and physicians in particular as well. If you think of the explosion of information on places like PubMed or, or even on, on the internet in general, it's just masses of information out there. The challenge is that um, information alone doesn't solve a clinical problem. Um, there are times when you just need information. You need to know, is it this drug contraindicated in this patient? Um, uh, what are the steps to, uh, to do a particular procedure, for example? Uh, those reminders, those uh, flat pieces of information are readily available and uh, wonderfully so. Um, the challenge is, though, making decisions in medicine is much more complex than information alone. And in order to be effective educators and construct effective learning experiences, you have to move beyond information transfer to creating um, what I refer to at least as learning experiences. So that means that you're helping clinicians apply information that they might have learned from you to clinical scenarios or problem sets and developing their own cognitive capacity to problem solve effectively or their own technical capacity to perform a skill or a psychomotor act um, reliably and efficiently. Those are very different outcomes from education than just uh, sharing information. It's also worth remembering that information transfer um, is inefficient in general. You're much more efficient to read something than you are to wait for somebody to explain it to you in words or to uh, tell it to you in words. So if information is what you want to communicate to a learner or to an audience, then give it to them in writing. If uh, application of information to a problem is what you're trying to achieve and help people come to that, then give them a problem set with the information and allow them to work together to solve the problem and then help them through that problem solving by sharing how you might or how the expert might solve that problem. Great. So what's the role of self-reflection in all of this? Well, self-reflection is uh, a critical part of actually learning. Uh, to uh, learn something doesn't just require that it's actually in your visual memory. We see something, let's say, on a slide or we read something on a piece of paper. Uh, what our brain does with that information um, ends up being very important, uh, whether it actually helps us perform better as professionals. One of our challenges is that a lot of the time physicians and other healthcare workers when they have absorbed information to their visual memory or even their short-term memory, they will believe to themselves that they have therefore absorbed it and will retain it. And that is just not true. 
in order to retain information, you have to put it into long-term memory. And the only way to get information from short-term into long-term memory is to play with it. And playing with information requires real work. That means asking yourself hypotheticals. Uh, what do I think about this? How would I apply this in my patients? Which patients would work for this particular approach? Um, under what circumstances would be a terrible idea? Uh, how am I going to make a mistake with this? All these questions that you have to ask yourself uh, end up helping to move the information into long-term memory. But then to keep it in long-term memory, you have to keep playing with it. You have to keep going back to it and saying, oh, remember I learned about that new drug. Here's how I might think about it. What did I think about that? And often in very busy worlds, the last thing we do is go back to revisit things we might, we think we've learned. So self-reflection pays a really important point by doing a couple of things. First of all, at the end of an activity, let's say it is about a new drug or a new approach to patients with a particular disease, um, it's about asking yourself and putting into long-term memory, what did I learn from this experience? What do I hope to change my practice? Um, what am I going to do differently? And how am I going to go overcome obstacles that might be in my way to do that uh, in an effective way? Those types of self-reflections apply your personal context to the information that you're absorbing from the environment around you, whether you're reading it or it's being told to you or you're playing at a simulator or what have you. The next thing is using self-reflection to then set a learning agenda for yourself, being intentional about the way in which you set that agenda. So you say, huh, I'm not really using this medicine very much. It's probably a useful part of the armamentarium I might deploy for my patients in this particular disease condition. I think next time I see a patient with X and Y and Z, I should think about this medicine or whether it's a good choice for me. And under those circumstances, then set a learning plan for yourself. I should check in on myself in a month's time and see am I using this for the right patients and, and make a note to yourself. The last thing is self-reflection is really useful in making sure that you are matching competence and confidence. So uh, it helps you to be more self-aware if you're thinking to yourself, well, if I'm really to be a good doctor in this particular domain, I should be doing X and Y and let me make sure I know how to do that effectively. So you've got to reflect on your own abilities and how this new information reflects on that or, or connects with that so that you can actually do good work there as a, as a practicing doc. So how are you including this in your teachings? Well, I think as continuing education has had to evolve from standard didactics, you know, teaching information or information transfer as its primary currency. Um, years ago, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have uh, a ubiquity of journals online. It was hard for clinicians to stay updated and current. So we moved experts around and we had them teach their community about the new information. That's just not necessary anymore. You're much quicker to look up a guideline for asthma care than you are to have somebody tell it to you. So we don't need CME to be the information transfer vehicle for our community anymore. But we absolutely need the CME community and the education community to create these learning experiences that allow this vast new array of information to be parsed into uh, actionable chunks that are most important and most relevant for individual clinicians, and then allow them to absorb that information and apply it to their own context and their own clinical environment. That's what we need the CME community to do, is to practice 
not as meeting planners, but as educators to develop, design, and deploy experiences for these learners that help them practice at the top of their art. And what advice would you give to other providers to include this in their organization? I think the key thing is to be intentional about uh, educational design. Uh, you, these are very sophisticated professionals that you're working with as your learners here. They know how to learn. They know how to learn efficiently and effectively. And uh, they'll be absent if all you do is convey information to them. That's uninteresting and largely unhelpful. What they will appreciate is creating learning experiences. So I think the key thing is to evolve from a position of being an administrator to one that's actually an educator. That means you're planning, designing, and deploying um, activities that actually develop competencies and skills, help individual learners reflect on their abilities, help them become more self-aware, help them encourage humility and curiosity together, help them explore, discover, those are much higher attainments than essentially just inviting a speaker and asking them to deliver a couple of slides. That is not necessarily what an educator does. Um, and we're hoping that the CME community stand, you know, responds to that appeal and builds their skills using the resources we're helping them deploy and a variety of others so that they can meet that expectation and do amazing work to transform uh, the abilities of our community to respond to the very dynamically changing healthcare environment. Thank you, Graham. That was very helpful. You're very welcome, Lisa. Always a pleasure. If you enjoyed this conversation, we're always looking to extend the discussion on CME. Feel free to reach out with topics you'd like us to cover or let us know how you're addressing these issues in your organization. Thank you for listening and catch us on the next episode of Coffee with Graham.